money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. That's good because this is the show where Dave and Reb talk about the hard issues around money. So we better be ready to talk yeah. about money. And it's so. another favorite person. It's another favorite person. We have a lot of favorite persons that we, we kind of come. If you've been listening to the podcast, whether you've been listening on chri.ca, more than enough .ca or not mine.ca, or whether you're listening on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasting platforms, you'll kind of start to figure out that we have favorite people. Yeah, that, we have that continually say yes when we ask them to come on. And, <laughs> and to be honest, I'm going to be honest here. I let Reb do the asking because <laughs> it's a lot harder for them to say no or a lot harder for them to say no to you than, you. than me. You know, they're like, hey, if you want me to do this again? No. Reb asks. Just like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. So we've got uh, Mark Wilson on the show with us, and we are so excited to talk to you, Mark, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I mean, we're in the, the 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 crazy real estate market. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, And Mark's a realtor, so that's why we got <laughs> you here, Mark. So welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I, I told him he wasn't looking stressed today, so that was a good plus because <laughs> I think there's a bit of stress happening out there for you yeah, both, mortgages and real estate because they're connected. Anyway, that's why we have Mark on the show today mm-hmm. to talk about what's happening and to give us some perspective, some hope maybe. Um, but I was going to read some verses that are really David's favorite, and um, I'm actually doing some writing around Matthew 6, and so I've been in them a little bit more these days. And um, uh, here we go. Matthew 6. And you guys are going to say, oh my goodness, why are you reading these verses? (laughs) Um, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Or may I add, I'll throw in there what house you're going to live in. Um, anyway, that's Reb. <laughs> I add, think it's in there somewhere. No, yeah. anyway, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not say, therefore, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And I will add, he knows we need shelter. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, why did I pick those verses? Because I guess my biggest encouragement to people who are wondering about the real estate market and the price 
housing prices and all of that stuff. If we put it in context of Matthew 6, that God is a father who cares for us and loves us and has the best for us. If we can put seeking the kingdom first and see how purchasing a home aligns with that kingdom focus, then we will worry less, I think. Um, But saying that, you guys are the ones in the midst of the heat and you're in like, so I guess I'm just going to start with this question. What's happening out there, Mark? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, since we last talked, actually, the first time we spoke was uh, when the uh, the pandemic just hit. So this is yes. uh, we had an in between, and now we've pretty much got a full year. I do love the scripture and the part about listening to God. Uh, one thing I do mention to uh, especially younger buyers: have a chat with your parents and with your elders about what they went through when they were this age buying a home. And one of the things that um, that might might give comfort, or it might not, but I think it gives comfort, is that our grandparents had the same worries. Mm-hmm. They had the same worries about shelter. Can they afford it? Can they do this? What's the future lies? And it, where does it lie? And when we talk to them now, they go, geez, I don't know what I was worrying about. Not that we shouldn't have worries or throw caution to the wind, but the numbers do seem to be rather high, but we are... We're still in a good place affordability-wise. Uh, money is inexpensive to lend compared to our many of our parents that maybe mm-hmm. is, we're, we're paying 20% interest, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. So I think for the younger folks, yeah, don't worry. Have, a, have some faith. Uh, the market continues, and 50 years from now, 10 years from now, it'll be different, and, and you probably won't get hurt. Yeah, I have to laugh because, you know, um, it's the uh, when when I think about those younger, younger uh, clients that that you and I both have, Mark, and 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 I've said the same message. And of course, they look right at me and they they go, so, Dave, what would you say considering me an elder? Right. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I've (laughs) I've kind of crossed that space. Right. You know, I'm telling you not to worry. Now go ask somebody else. okay? (laughs) uh, but uh, yeah, the 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 issues and and it's uh, again, this is why I love Matthew six, because whatever the issue, whether, you know, 25, 30 years ago, it was super high interest rates. That was the issue. Uh, now we've got super low interest rates, but we've got higher pricing. Um, you know, these these things, uh, you know, they, they're they all part of every season within our lives, no matter what season we're in. And, you know, again, there's great wisdom and encouragement to say, you know, our grandparents are still alive. They made it. In fact, we're the next generation or the next generation after that. And we're still alive. So something must have went right, right? You know, in the sense of they made it through um, and and how difficult or what the stories are uh, that they can share that, that just give us some context beyond this, this small period in time. Because, you know, even as we look at it, uh, and Mark, you mentioned that, you know, we've been at the the... the the fluctuation in the market didn't really start in COVID. I mean, we were seeing signs of market shift and, and all of that was going on much before COVID. Uh, and, and I think part of it, and maybe Mark, you can, you can speak to this is um, how in this season, there's so many unknowns uh, and so much change 
And so, you know, when we're talking about that, how, how are, in a sense of, an, from an advising standpoint, you're going, how do, how do we navigate this, this fluctuating, changing season that we're in and still, in a sense, walk through it with some confidence? Right. And, and you're absolutely right. We, we've noticed now, looking back a year, um, a bunch of things. Um, on a national level, Canada became super savers. So, in fact, our savings rates have never been higher. And then that means from a down payment point of view, people actually do have cash. And with cash and bigger down payments, they can now look at look at home purchasing. So that's that's one of the elements that wasn't there uh, pre, uh, pre-pandemic, but certainly the market was moving pre-pandemic. I sometimes wonder what this market would look like if we hadn't had the pandemic because there were, there are, some dampening effects. So on the dampening side, people did migrate, say in Ottawa, uh, there's a bit of a migration out of condominiums and one and, and one bedroom places out to the country. Yep. So when we think of the country, we know that the country is actually or rural properties are outperforming on a percentage increase basis compared to wow. what's happening in traditional Ottawa. And is that a long time uh, sustainable shift? Or is this like bu- buying a labradoodle? Well, people go out there and realize I'm not really a country person. And oh, by the way, I got to work again back in downtown Ottawa. Uh, we, that's an unknown to me. I don't know uh, personally if, if that sort of migration that we are seeing, and it's real, is, is, is sustainable. Um, and so to the Ottawa market, it just keeps moving up. Um, I will tell you in the last month, we have seen uh, a nice little... Uh, uh, uptick in listings that has brought some balance or, or some semblance yeah. of, of balance to things. Uh, it's still a full-blown seller's market, but we're not seeing the number of uh, offers per home, say, and in some cases uh, um, it, it might be just one offer. So that there's a little bit of volatility going on too in, in terms of what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So do you think people are putting their houses on the market because there's such good pricing, like for a seller? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think in some cases, some people are, uh, uh, quote unquote, cashing out. Um, there could be other people that are putting their houses on the market because the new build that they bought, say, 18 or 24 months ago, is now come online and they and they can move in. Um, and again, we might be see, see people, some migrating to um, other other uh, more affordable places. Uh, for example, there's a good article in uh, in the media the other day about how many people are migrating uh, to the Gatineau side. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, and, and cashing out of Ottawa and, and or and not being able to afford Ottawa and, and seeking uh, seeking whatever Gatineau can uh, can provide them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and uh, I think um, my observation, and, and again, you, you can confirm or deny that from your side, Mark, but I, I do think that um, people are, uh, in a sense, looking around to see, okay, I'm okay to move over here. I'm, you know, my, my circle has gone from, you know, the Ottawa proper to maybe a two hour radius around it, whether that's a rural or whether that's, like you said, a Gatineau. Uh, where you're still in the city, but you know I'm okay to actually draw the circle a little bit bigger to see what's out there. Um, and so, um, you know, in the last 
month or two, I've seen a lot more shopping going on in those those expanded areas that people say, oh, I didn't think I would, but I'll look out at Perth or I'll look out, you know, that some of those outlying areas, Hawkesbury, um, you know, some of these smaller, smaller communities, right? So. Oh, absolutely. And that's actually where you're seeing more uh, intensity of the competition for those rural properties. And then just another side note, uh, leisure properties or cottage properties are, mm-hmm. are now also a very, very hot commodity after, you know, perhaps a few years of, of uh, flatness, um, you know, say 2013 to 2019, people are looking for those, those getaway spots too. So uh, cottage country is also a place where, uh, where people are looking, whether it be for the secondary uh, pleasure place or the uh, or or to make it into a home and be their home. So, wh- talk to me about numbers for a minute, because that's what sure. I mean. I think people who are listening are curious. L- and let's start with like I, I read one real estate um, acquaintance I know. She wrote, "Well, the three hundred and fifty. How do you say that? Seven hundred thousand is is now." The new 350. The, the now the new 350. So it was a post she had written. And I thought, is that accurate that that houses have just doubled and people can expect to pay double what they would have five, five years ago? Yeah, I th- uh, that's not an inaccurate statement. And I can see where that would be coming from. So um, perhaps seven, eight years ago, the average selling price of a residential home was under 400, like say 350. And so realtors like myself and perhaps your acquaintance would be thinking, yeah, we might be able to find something in the 350 to 400 range. And then it does seem like overnight, but it wasn't overnight, but it does seem like overnight that that, that is now the 700 um, right. for, for a detached. And it, and it is it, it, in, the core of, in the core of the city. And certainly we're seeing townhomes, which used to be, you know, just a few short years ago, you could find a freehold townhome for for three hundred to to four hundred. But now, now we're not there anymore. Those those are gone, and now you're looking at condominium townhomes in in those price ranges. So there is a there is a shift up across the board. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, though, with the with the migration, um, probably due to the pandemic of. Uh, of people out of their one bedroom condos, there is some, uh, there's some opportunity there in the, in that side, that's not seeing quite, quite the inc- increase, but it's all connected. When one thing increases, the others will, that's the, the law of substitution. So it, it all, it all moves. It all moves mm-hmm. yeah. um, by the numbers. Um, just some quick tidbits, certainly April average selling price was higher than um, sorry, March was higher than uh, February. We expect April to be probably coming around the same, maybe a, an uptick, and that and that speaks to the, uh, the how cyclical Ottawa traditionally is. We we tend to move uh, price wise into uh, into uh, April and May, and then you'll for the year you'll perhaps see a bit of a flattening, and then uh, back at it for perhaps the fall months, and then. Then you're into the next year. So um, certainly, there's been some 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 healthy increases to start the year, and it'll be uh, it'll be the, the buyers deciding whether those sorts of increases will sustain throughout the year 
or if we'll see them kind of flatten up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, you know, as, as we think about um, just kind of pivoting a little bit to the speed, uh, because that's that's the other thing we're seeing, of course, on the lending side, but also, you know, the the speed at which things are going to market, the speed in which the decisions need to be made, the, the speed in which, um, you know, you have quite literally sometimes less than 20 minutes to decide, do I go another 50 grand or not? Uh, you know, those kind of things. So how are you working in a sense with the clients you have on, on navigating that whole speed part? Yeah, really good question. So on the, um, both on the selling and the buying side, it's a hundred percent about preparation. So if we talk quickly about the buying side, it is paramount. And we've talked about this in previous, uh, previous encounters, it's paramount that the buyer uh, be tightly coupled with their mortgage broker and understand where their thresholds are. Because you're absolutely right, decisions uh, do need to be made quickly. But if you're well prepared, you will know in advance or hopefully should know in advance what your top threshold is. So you don't do anything that uh, to get you into trouble. Because for sure, uh, to be competitive, um, some people are um, need to go in perhaps without a condition on finance. If you're going to do that, then you've got to mitigate that risk by understanding clearly with the likes of yourself, uh, a great mortgage broker, knowing what your what your top limit really is. On the selling side, it's it's pretty much the same thing. You've got to be prepared for uh, for probably a week of of uh, intense questioning uh, because people aren't doing some of the traditional things they're doing, putting conditions of, of inspection and whatnot, but perhaps you have to be prepared to have a pre-inspection. So inspections can still happen. They just happen in a, in a non perhaps traditional order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, from the financing side, just to, 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 complement that uh we're up i mean it's up front up front up front um let me know what changes happen and when they 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 happen and and you know uh the lenders right now uh, even uh, just about across the board uh we've seen a a significant slowdown in in turnaround time you know now we're at about a week so you send me hey I, i bought my house and I can actually, you know, coordinate that with lenders. But the turnaround time used to be two days, and now it's a week. And is and that because they're swamped? Yeah, there's, there's uh, again a huge flood in terms of lenders navigating um, not just the uh, the uh, the purchases, but lots of people are refinancing, lots of people are reorganizing with this uptick in price. Um, you know, maybe last year. Uh, the, the, there wasn't a lot of equity in my house, but guess what? This year the equity has gone up and now I can, you know, do that renovation. I can do that, uh, whatever, um, and, and refinance the house. And of course, from a lending standpoint, the process is the same, whether you're refinancing, whether you're buying, um, the only thing that really changes is the closing date because uh, a closing date on a purchase is much more, uh, solid where on a refinance there's a little bit of flexibility there but uh, the reality is 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 that um, you know our our biggest hurdle right now and uh, you talk about preparation ahead of time going in on a purchase where 
it's expected there will be an appraisal. Um, those appraisals are three to four weeks now. We're, we're seeing a backlog where they're just not getting to them for three to four weeks. And so if you've got a closing date because of speed to market saying, hey, I'm going to close in three or four uh, a weeks or, or even six weeks, it's a tight schedule because if there is an appraisal that's necessary, then um, we may not be able to get it in time. And it's it's not a value thing. It's not that they weren't pre-approved. It's not that, you know, that is one of the elements we can't really do ahead of time. Uh, is, is And so that's been, uh, that's been another part of that whole element of speed to market and saying good communication and, and, uh, and really checking to see what's a good closing date. Uh, what's, what's, who, do you, who do you ask for that? Oh, yeah, that's your broker, right? Your mortgage broker coordinating with the entire team. Of course, you want the lawyer on on board on that way. And of course, the realtor has a big, you know, Mark, you're going to have a big uh, input into that because someone may be saying, well, I can close it in three weeks, which, you know, okay, the the seller may decide they want a quick closing. uh, And that's part of that negotiation. Um, so, So just knowing that there's a lot of moving pieces when a market is flooded uh, the way that it is right now uh, with lenders behind, with appraisers behind, and with uh, the, the sales force out front saying, hey, the way you get this is you know, a three or four week closing and, and you're moving into your new house really soon and you got to sell your house in the meantime and, and, and right? So uh, everything is compressed. I'm just stressed oh. listening to you guys. Oh, no, they're... Like you say, there's a lot of moving parts and the and the thing to add to that and the one thing where we should be adding our value as realtors, when we're when we're on the purchasing side, we it's our duty to advise if we're representing, it's our duty to advise buyers uh, with respect to the comparable properties that are out there. And then the the magic is if it's going to increase by how much. And then and then when you're in the multiple offer situation, that's where it gets really interesting because now you're projecting and wondering, and everyone should be wondering, I believe, will this appraise? Will it actually appraise if if the buyer chooses to, say, go over and above and, as I say, swing for the fences, um, knowing what comparable prices were, then there is risk there, isn't there? Like, I'm going to throw that back at you, David, that with a three or four week turnaround on appraisals um in the city we're not we're not as concerned perhaps because we can look at that town home right next door and and see where the market's going and then sort of assess risk a little bit but back to the rural properties that's a head scratcher uh, mm-hmm. because uh, the comps aren't exactly the comps because you don't have such a homogeneous yeah. market yeah. Well, and, and uh, uh, on the lending side, it, it, again, it goes back to upfront preparation. Do we have a plan B? Um, and, and, you know, again, that's where communication with the realtor to say, what comps do you have? Like, give us, in a sense, your best guess. Right. Because in a lot of ways, an appraiser is going to look at those same comparables. They're going right. to go, listen, here's the house. Here's some comparable houses that have sold in the last three months. And that, that would be similar houses to, to what you would do. So, you know, as a realtor, your price in terms of looking at the what the market's dictating 
it's going to be close. And, and again, for, for us as on the lending side, we then come up with, well, you might have to have an extra 50000 for your down payment. So what does that look like for you? Can we do that? Where would that come from? This is your plan B, right? So uh, as we know, whenever we talk about preparing in any, any demographic and anywhere in life, we don't just have one plan. When we're preparing, we have plan A, plan B, sometimes plan C, uh, and we need to decide relatively quickly what that's going to be. And and that's, again, that goes to the challenge of um, if we don't get an appraisal and there's three days before closing and the appraisal comes in under value, we start the re- the financing side all over again. We have to re send that new information into the lender. They have to assess it. They're turning it around. And that's where we, we see that the time crunch coming in where you're saying we just don't have enough time to be able to, to get to that closing date. And, and it's, and it's nothing to do with the pre-approval. Maybe we had the best laid backup plan, but uh, we just ran out of time. So, um, and that's, that's the real, in a, in a lot of ways, setting the expectation both on the selling side and the buying side to just say, um, yeah, you want to go in with a four-week closing? There's a potential we may have to push the closing. Is the seller okay with that? We'll go for it. But if the seller's okay with that, and of course the buyer, typically they're rearranging their life too. So there's a big interruption there if they it's a week late. Um, and that, again, just setting some expectations and having a, a plan B or a plan C, I think is is the order of the day for sure. Yeah. Uh, well said. As, oh, sorry, Rebecca. No, I, as we like, we only have a couple of minutes left. What do you want to leave listeners with? Like, well, um, I want to <laughs> leave listeners with the reassurance that um, the market is the market. Um, we have times like this in Ottawa where um, we've never actually had a time like this in Ottawa where, we, where we've had such sustained increases, but we have had times where we have had sustained increase increases the history of the ottawa market though is one of stability um so although it's going to be easy to say the sustained increases won't uh, last forever we don't tend to correct badly like other other cities in, in in canada um say say a calgary that's related to the oil patch um and and that's because of the stability of our workforce and and what we are so I continue to be uh, very hopeful and, and faithful to the, uh, the market forces in Ottawa and uh, in, the, in the future. What about you? Um, communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. You know, have a great team and a good realtor and talk to your lawyer, get a mortgage broker and never, ever be, be shy about sending that email six times over in the course of a day or, you know, like never just, hey, we'll navigate this as a team. That to me is, is the way that you navigate it. If we have good communication uh, across the home buying team, then there may be stress, but you'll all be stressed together. So there we <laughs> are. Well said, David. <laughs> it's all okay. going to be okay, as my grandma said. Yeah, it'll all be okay. I have this memory of my mother saying it's not related to real estate, but to groceries. And that was... Um, you know, when you're 80 or 85, you won't remember all those times that you couldn't afford certain things at the grocery store. That's not what you're going to remember about your life. 
So uh, my encouragement is that people keep perspective mm -hmm. that um, this is a big purchase. A home is a huge pur purchase and investment. And if you're feeling stressed or strained um, about it, that is the market, I guess, a little bit. But the Lord reminded us at the beginning of the show not to worry about tomorrow, that God knows what we need. And I think we have to keep that at the forefront of our mind. And don't be ashamed not to buy a house right now. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with renting either. So if you can find a rental, but that's another story <laughs> for another show. <laughs> uh, so Lord, I'm just going to pray and thank you so much for Mark. I pray for all the real estate, actually, um, agents and brokers at whatever they're named in the city in Eastern Ontario, that you would protect them, that you would give them grace and strength for the season, as well as mortgage brokers and lenders and lawyers who are all navigating this on behalf of clients. And Lord, for the listeners and the clients who are purchasing and selling, we ask for your mercy and your, your care um, over them in this season of buying and selling. And I just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, thank you again, Mark. So appreciate uh, your input, your advice, your, your, your presence here. And for you, the listener, uh, I thank you for joining us and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.